0: Hello Collingwood people, in this very special episode of Pie Hard, we chat with club legend turned Collingwood Vice President and Pie Hard fanboy, Paul Lecuria, about the issues facing the club, the board and his enduring relationship with Rob Lowe. This
1: is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I'll have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Yeah, Out of controlled brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with food factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trending hotspots. five
2: you get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. We don't have too many to pick from. You've got
1: to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this.
3: The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final
2: wobbles. I
0: still can't believe
2: it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself.
1: It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up.
0: At Pie Hard, we're all about providing an alternate commentary on the club with a focus on the stories and characters that make Collingwood so interesting, so revered, so loathed, and above all, so loved. I'm Damian Miller. Joining me as usual is Alex Watkins. Got to say, this feels like a big day for us, Alex, at Pie Hard Inc. We talk a lot about the board and the power brokers behind it, but never before have we been allowed into the inner sanctum Mm. until now. Breakout pod. And, yeah, as we touched on at the start, I think, look, this is a podcast that we have genuinely, look, it's taken us 28 podcasts to get to this point. And for good reason. Mm-hmm. We've we've gone the hard way. We've sort of built ourselves up from the boot factories, the tanneries, the gutters of Abbotsford.
2: Gritty, grotty suburbs.
0: To the top echelon of town. Trendy hotspots. And I feel like we're maybe not completely there, but we've got one sort of leather suede crocodile boot in the door. Mm. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, we can actually blow the hinges off it and um, take our rightful spot Uh, at that large, mahogany, Alan McAllister-style boardroom table. Alex, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I am Mm. extremely excited with this podcast, and I can't wait to sit down with this guy because not only was he a favourite of ours growing up, not only was he a Collingwood fan growing up, he's managed to uh, parlay that into a very successful corporate career and finds himself in, I guess, the number two seat at the Collingwood Football Club,
2: and we are very honoured to have him on the podcast today. One of our own, and he'll be featuring in the back end of the pod, so stick around.
0: Okay, Alex, as usual, let's start with our hard yes and hard no. My hard yes this week is Collingwood Bizarro World. Now, we've come out of the midseason bye. We've got Harvey as the head coach. Mm-hmm. We've got Pies playing fast football, moving the ball with speed. Strange. We've won two in a row, beat the ladder leaders
2: mm-hmm, on a roll. And Mason Cox. Back in the team, Cox is back, it's extraordinary. What a statement by Rob Harvey! Like his allegiance to Cox, you know, he's the mm. first kind of headline of his tenure. Mm. Yes, yeah, so uh, look, I'm happy with all of that.
3: I kind of um, understand
2: it because if you're Rob Harvey, you've got nothing to lose. Like, unfortunately, and I don't think this should be the case, his reputation's kind of dirt. Mm. No one thinks he's going to be a senior coach, so it's like, well, how am I going to make an impact on this team? Obviously release the shackles that's mm. what everyone always says right but mm. then like if you're gonna make a change in the second half of the season you may as well bring in the tallest man to have ever played football
3: mm. I call
2: it I call
0: it coaching with the safety off it's like you know you're just out there spraying bullets in the street without you know <laughs> without fear of any Form of retribution, and when, as a senior AFL coach, do you ever get that kind of license to just go nuts? And whatever happens, like you know, he either he either finishes up at the end of the year, which is probably the most likely scenario, mm-hmm. or he does something insane and probably doesn't end up coaching Collingwood, but has <laughs> enam- enamored himself with a club like GWS or Gold Coast, who may or Carlton, who may potentially be looking. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like I think you know, in a season that's been largely more down than up i think there's a little bit of uh you know as we, as we spoke about on the last episode of pie hard the nathan um love letter you know how it felt very much like a divorce and we were kind of going mm-hmm. through a breakup yeah and now i feel like there's just this you know i don't know if you can call this game an exciting game i don't think you can call any game at marvel stadium an exciting game but isn't there like an air of like expectation? And I think we saw that at the selection table, just a couple of changes um, and a couple of minor modifications. And it's like, oh, this, this could be interesting and mm. it's
2: going to take some time, obviously. But Don't you think poor Robert Harvey's missed out on his rightful due of getting the bump in form because they've actually played really well the last two games. Poor Rob. <laughs> Yeah. Poor, There's something poetic in the Harvey story, like the story beneath the Buckley story is the Harvey story, mm. and he finally gets his time in the sun as a senior coach, and he just can't win. I okay. mean. No. I mean, he could continue winning. Okay. He could continue in the form that Nathan established in the last month, let's say. Okay. What have you got, Alex, for your hard yes? Perhaps this one's a little low-hang fruit demo, but sometimes you've just got to acknowledge the obvious. And my hard yes is the mind-bendingly unrealistic manner in which Nathan Buckley departed the club. Yes. Now, not only did he go out with, a, with an unrealistic win against the cheese boarders, and we've got nothing against cheese on this podcast. In fact, mm. if you're a long-time listener, you'll remember the Hubcap cheese board, which was the Collingwood version. But he's actually come out during the week and, you know, in response to a tweet from a member who says he's going to, um, you know, burn his membership. Nathan Buckley's come out and tweeted, don't do it, mate. Club is bigger than any individual. Write it out. You'll fall in love again. I've got no doubt. Heart emoji. (laughs) Yep. Now, this guy, the emotional intelligence of the guy, I've never seen a coach ever in my time in football or my time watching football leave a club in the manner in which Nathan Buckley has done so after so long Mm. without recrimination with the best interests of the place at heart and with respect universally of the Collingwood army in the football world. It's incredible. Right. But um, I like where you went with the, you know, the girlfriend Mm -hmm. analogy. We love the girlfriend analogy. And I was going to mention this later, but I feel like now just with the, the tone of the Nathan breakup, he went out on such a classy kind of note with such dignified, like selfless integrity. It's almost like now, Post breakup, mm. and go with me here. Mm. The parents are kind of making some comments about the ex girlfriend to you, like your parents. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, they miss her a little bit, and they've kept her picture on the dresser.
0: Mm. You come, you come home one day, and she's in the living room. <laughs> she's on the piano.
2: <laughs> she's on the so, piano.
0: M- Mom, Dad, what, what? What's going on? Oh, we just thought we'd have Sarah around. We
2: are friends with Sarah. She's playing Memory from um, Cats. <laughs> you know, we think maybe we should have lined up another girlfriend first <laughs> before we before we broke up with the other one. The baton, the baton handover. But then mm. we've mm. ended up dating the ugly sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry,
0: Rob. All right, let's not look back. We're looking forward in this episode of Pie Hard, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we can do a hard no after these two.
2: I don't know. We've had a lot of hard no's this year. It's been a bit of a, a hard year and a bit of a no year. So Mm. I think two hard yeses is wholly appropriate.
0: Okay. So if you like what you're listening to, please follow us on our socials. We are at PyHardPodcast on Instagram, at PyHardPodcast on Twitter. One word, jump on board, guys. What are you waiting for?
2: And Demo, I know we like to look abroad on PyHard to unshackle the limitations of our antipodean imaginations and you've been looking overseas for some inspiration. What do you got?
0: As you all know, what is it? It's June. Um it's cold. It's winter. Mm-hmm. It's Melbourne. Now nothing gets me ex- more excited on a cold wintry Melbourne day than heading out to Docklands to watch Collingwood play an interstate team, the oh, Dockers. The Dime. In- in front of twenty-five thousand screaming fans at the dome, get get this mm. with the lid off. What? That's right, with the roof wide open. Now, if that's not a tantalising prospect to anyone in the world of football, then I don't know what is. Do you prefer but,
2: lid off or lid on?
0: Uh lid off in summer. Mm. Lid on, lid on when there's like a eighty-seven percent forecast of rain predicted. <laughs> Call, call me old fashioned on that one, but you know if I'm heading out to the dome, if I'm schlepping to the dome in my brand new um, New Balance or Converse, I don't want to. I don't want to be. So why offensive. are they
2: taking the lid off? Is it? It's still got no, grass troubles.
0: No, it's the COVID. It's something to do with oh, COVID. Oh yeah, um, crowd, crowd numbers, so, some something crazy like that. Got but mm. there's nothing like you know being in the middle of the AFL year when you know your your kind of attention span just starts to wane a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, especially when your team's not doing too well or or finals contention is out. And sometimes you need a little bit of extra motivation. And so <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was really interested to see um, Pie Hard's sister club. Now, we have a sister club in the NFL. It is the Las Vegas Raiders. And the reason we why we love the Las Vegas Raiders is not we're not fans of the NFL by any stretch. We no. don't watch any of the games. We don't know any of the players. No. we We just love the branding really of the raiders and we think that there's you know they're the nfl's bad boy team and they have a reputation and they really lean into that they're kind of predominantly black i think they're black and silver um they kind of have that pirate mentality they have the 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 raider kind of skull and crossbones type logo they've got a poem i mean they do they have a poem it's awesome too they have a they have an ode an ode um, and so look, we love the Raiders, we love what they do, but they've moved to Las Vegas and we came across a press release of, you know, are you are you aware of Steve Wynn, Wynn Resorts, the casino in Las Vegas, large casino firm? I am now. Okay. So they've, they've agreed to put in a nightclub at, in the end zone of the new Las Vegas Radio's uh, elite Alleg- Allegiant stadium. So let me talk through it. Wow. It's an 11,000 square foot, I think they're calling it the Winfield Club, um, and it's set to bring the party, I think it's the north end zone of this brand new $2 billion stadium. Mm-hmm. So it features everything that you would expect from one of those really glitzy high-end bottle service nightclubs in Vegas. You know the ones I'm talking about, like mm-hmm. the you know the Puff Daddy ones. The works. Um, it includes like a premium bottle service, two DJ booths. Um, they will be kind of trucking in all of the DJs from Winds Casino. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got like 42 televisions, a huge LED screen, 45,000 um, watt sound system. And it's insane. Like if you see the photos of this, it's like, it's le- legitimately like a nightclub on the edge of the field. And I think it's going to be open to like 150 patrons. So you can go there, get absolutely sideways drunk, party with, you know, like the hottest in Vegas, listen to some great tunes and and just vibe out and listen to the Raiders. And I think there's this like lack of imagination sometimes with AFL where it's like, well clearly like in American sports, they're just on a different level when it comes to this stuff. And definitely they see sport as entertainment. Yeah. But why why wouldn't you do that at the Telstra Dome, right? Mm. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you why wouldn't you, if you're gonna ask people to go out to this stadium, if it's only going to be half full, why wouldn't you just create some kind of theater like that? And we're kind of appealing to the AFL and Collingwood here. And it did take me back. I don't know if you remember this, Alex. What's that? But does the word, does the name Sirens Discothèque and Cocktail Bar, um, <laughs> mean anything to you? Full name. Um, it rings a bell. Take me through it. This is I, okay. In the bowels. I'm taking you back to. I think it was 2001. Mm-hmm. And so, this was a Michael Gadinsky um, concept. Right. Rest in peace. At the time, Michael Gadinsky owned the Mercury Lounge and Heat Nightclub at Crown. Of course that's he did. Your, that's taken your way back. Mm-hmm. And so, when Colonial Stadium was built, I think it was in 2000, uh, Gadinsky took over the bottom two levels of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, one was called Sirens Discotheque. The other was called The Locker Room. If you've been to any of these venues, hit us up at Pie Hard Podcast. We'd love to know your experiences.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So the great part is you could go to a game at Docklands, at Colonial Stadium as it was called, the, the Dome. You could watch a game of football. Ideally, you're in a corporate suite um, getting all of the, the, the food and beverage, be- beverage ser- service um, that you can dream of, that you can imagine, the hors d'oeuvres. And then by the final siren, jump into a lift, go down into the lower basement, and enter a subterranean nightclub cave mm. with like DJs, bottle service cages, you know, a dance floor as soon as you entered. it know, like was like grotto,
2: like arches, underground vibe, Planet of the Apes.
0: It was, it was. So, it, you know, it, it, it canvassed. I've got a review here. So, um, You know, on Saturday, it was obviously big with a footy crowd, but on other nights, particularly Saturdays, it's mostly a young, funky crowd. Mm. Uh, Times when you'll come come across an older and mature crowd is when there are private corporate functions going on elsewhere in the stadium function rooms up on level three or above. After Colonial Stadium Management kicks those guys out, they head down to Sirens. And in its first year, the two venues collectively grossed $7 million. So it's not like we didn't do this. Mm. Or, or we didn't have, and um, shout out to Godinski. He's, he's no longer here, but it's time for someone else to take the mantle. Can we? My hard yes is like let's let's bring let's bring some of these elements back. Okay, especially with Collingwood not doing too well. Especially with a bit of a COVID affected season. Especially with the hospitality industry affected and impacted mm. um, so much. Let's start. Let's start big picture thinking. I think Pie Hard can definitely help here. And let's bring some of that razzmatazz back
2: to Docklands. And what I like about it, Damien, is that it's really triggered something in me that it's time to show some imagination. I totally agree. Mm. And the thing I like about this Raiders idea is that they're physically re-engineering the environment of the game day, Mm. you know, experience.
0: During these moments and these times where everyone's tested in COVID, this is when these kind of crazy ideas, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, you pay heed to them. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's think let's think a bit
2: bigger, Gil. Unshackle your imagination, Gil.
0: Let's move quickly to our next segment. Um, regulars of Pie Hard will know the theme song. This is, of course, Pie's Wide Shut. Oh, no, no, no.
1: The club was on the bottom. Yeah, that's no, that's I, no, I know we were broke. Eddie had a vision and we're prepared to live to that vision. Great disappointment that uh, this afternoon the Collingwood Football Club uh, has resigned from its partnership with the Transport Accident Commission. Smoking shadows, shadows behind the window. Joined again by Alex Weisslitz from Thorny Investments. We continue to um, populate the portfolio. What we hope will be the cream on the cake. Bigger and better just keeps getting better and better. Three-year multi-million dollar sponsorship with the most storied and famous club in all of Australian professional sports. Toasts will be replaced with tears though when the last Holden rolls off the assembly line in Adelaide. I sat down with Ed last week and resigned as the, uh, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. 32 years of struggle, ridicule and humiliation as the collingwood football club once again regained its title as the most famous and successful sporting club in australia
2: okay so listeners will be aware of the fact that pies wide shut is this segment where we uncover the machiavellian power politics the smoke and mirrors behind the windows of the lexus center halls of power this week's pies wide shot now Turtle, I'm not sure if you've followed this closely. I'm sure you have because we had this guy on the show just a few short weeks ago. Turtle seems to have wavered in his determination to deploy the signatures he has collected to push through an extraordinary general meeting of the club members. Mm. Now, it could be many reasons for this. In my opinion, the big, the big factor here mm. is that the Triumvirate, what I'm calling the Triumvirate, the, the big three, mm. Have all been toppled. Mm. Ned Guy was decapitated. Eddie's gone. Bucks has fallen on his sword. So that's mm. the triumvirate. for it. That's the big three. They're gone. Now, the, the
0: the three heads of the the three New York families
2: gone. Exactly. The three-headed snake, gone. Mm. Mm. Now, in recent times, Jeff Brown and his cronies have come back with the seven deadly sins. Now we love it. That this is getting called the Seven Deadly Sins. Yes. You can imagine them getting together to write the list donning their masks. Ooh. Sex party in the mansion. Very <laughs> sinful, very pies wide shot. Yeah. Damo, have you seen these so-called seven deadly sins?
0: I I did read the seven deadly
2: sins, yes. So, for those that haven't seen them, number 1, botched salary cap. Undignified ejection of four very good players. Botched appointment of director, it's Brady O'Donnell. Inherent instability, Buckley sacking. Member unrest, low crowds, fewer primetime TV guides. So the question is, what's the strategic merit in putting forward these seven negatives covering off these past mistakes at the, at the club?
0: I, I don't think there is merit. And here's my take on the situation. I think even with the current board, we, we're they're either talking about, so with the current board, they're talking about how, how great their financial shape is, mm. how much they've been able to achieve in 10 years, how strong and powerful the club is moving forward, right? In Jeff Brown's case, it's about, looking back at the negatives now, I know what the negatives are with the Collingwood football club. I know what's gone wrong in the past 12 months. Everyone who supports Collingwood knows what's gone wrong with the club in 12 months, I'm not glossing over it and I'm not saying they're, they're not important and mm-hmm. that we should move on. But I think what I want from Jeff Brown and what I want from the current board, current board is their vision for the future. And that vision for the future has to include on-field success. I think that's what we're all kind of waiting for. It's like, where is the roadmap to getting Collingwood back up the top? Mm -hmm. Because you can't be there all the time and we're clearly not there and we're addressing a lot of things and there's a lot of change and it means a lot of short-term pain. But I'm kind of rather than analyzing the mistakes of the past, Mm. why aren't we focusing on the four to five points from each respective president? which is going to get Collingwood back. And it could be as simple as, you know, finding the right coach. It could be spending over the soft cap. It could be Mm. a a raid on Gold Coast. It could be, um, you know, this relentless pursuit for excellence and no stone left unturned, which, you know, and it could be, and it should be, a KPI on premiership. So in the next 10 years, this is what we want to achieve. Because only then you can really be, you know, posthumously, um, ranked or graded on your performance, so I think it's just the one thing that's coming up to me is we are now ready for a presidential debate. Mm, okay. you know, like the U- the U.S. elections. Yeah. So on the we deck out we deck out the Lexus Center. There's a podium, two podiums, bra- two podiums. Brown, Corder, Lee, Sales. We need kind of like kind of like a, a tough moderator that can keep kind of things on on track at Vic Park. Everyone At Vic Park, yeah. open air, 250,000 cans, and we just have these guys <laughs> slug it out and we ask the questions that no one's answering but everyone wants answered. Yeah. Like how do we get back to the top?
2: So years ago we, under Malthouse we had blockbuster fatigue. You're saying we've got negativity fatigue, and I agree with you. Put forward a constructive blueprint. Call it the Dacossian calendar.
0: What's the opposite of seven deadly sins? Um, that's a good question. Uh, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Let's come up with the Ten Commandments to get Collingwood back on top of the ladder and back to winning premierships. Enough of the looking back, more looking forward.
2: Commandment one, thou shalt recruit Nick.
3: (laughs)
0: Now, we have a little segment we often run called Hard Asks. It's where we ask the brethren a question and read out the best responses on the pod. And well, this week, we naturally asked about our guest. We asked you to describe Paul Lecuria in two words. Alex, describe Paul Lecuria in two words.
2: Oh, you've sprung that on me. Um, Sculpted. Ball Magnet. Well, that's three. (laughs) (laughs) Harder than it seems. Sculpted Magnet. Sculpted Magnet.
0: Do you want to hear mine?
2: What have you got? Squeezed Lemon. Oh, sensual. Where (laughs) does that come from?
0: Well, Paul Lecuria was the type of player for Collingwood who maybe didn't possess the greatest skills or ability, certainly not early on. But with determination and commitment was able to squeeze every uh, yes. last drop of citrus
2: I see where you're going here
0: out of that beautifully sculpted body and i think that says a lot about the man and the player yeah and obviously he's gone on to dominate in uh, business circles and we're going to touch on a lot of that later on in the pod but as you know with this segment Al, we do throw this open to the brethren and I wanna read out some responses,
2: if right. you will All indulge right. me. Yeah. Here we go.
3: Yep.
0: So Jack Darcy F said so sexy.
2: Two words, yep, yeah. makes sense.
0: Honest, tough, Dean Blackburn 77. Good Dean. Two Copelands.
3: Ah, Thomas Morehead.
2: That's that's under underappreciated fact.
0: Factual, isn't it? Um Swoop Luke said an Adonis.
2: I like that very Maybe good. Maybe wasting a word with Anne But Adonis is spot on <laughs> <up.
0: laughs> Exactly uh, Not sure what Anthony Campbell's up to tonight But he said poor kick
2: Oh, rough I Even
0: even, even Beethoven had his critics oh, uh, Paul doesn't listen back to this Circa Lurker 76 said Collingwood
2: Warrior mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can see that Spartan Almost Spartan Warrior, I'd say
0: Yeah, exactly uh, Phil Fadula said Company Man I like that. That, that makes... <laughs> pies man, company man. It's good, uh, yeah. It
2: just reminded uh, me of The Office or something, but like, in know, really loyal way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Loving it, 55555, five, 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 said Mix Boy.
2: <laughs> Mix Boy, yeah. He I'm was sure Mix we'll get, Boy, wasn't he? I'm sure we might touch on that in the interview. Let's see.
0: He had a few boys, Mick. Not not that's... I don't he did. That the wrong way. Uh, League Repetta said, good egg. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, Paige Cardona said, fully sick. Nice. Nice. Gotta agree with that one. Old blue eyes, 1010, 10, 5555. 5, 5. There's lots of fives. Uh Ripped Specimen.
2: Oh, good. Yeah, he's a specimen, isn't he? He is, he is. is. Specimen he even in middle specimen. age, I reckon. Takes care of himself. Ooh,
0: I like this one. Anthony Killsby said Tears mold house."
2: Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> well, we had that in the questions, and I'm sure <laughs> that he loves talking about that.
0: Yeah, and a Friend of the Pod, CFC underscore 1892. Make sure you're following CFC underscore 1892. Said Biblical Celestial. <laughs> very good exactly. and to finish off we had underscore carrying bush probably the best handle of them of the lot and i like this is probably a good segue into the pod he said heart and soul
2: again so, three words but um three very, <laughs> very very apt words
0: i'm not sure you can include Anne in that we'll probably yeah let's just say heart soul, heart, soul. um but excellent, Justin, I think you win the win the chocolates on this one and that topic of discussion leads us beautifully into our next segment on Piehard. We are very lucky to have this man join us today. Uh, hopefully we can get to the bottom of a few of those issues we just touched on. Um, let's do it. Without further ado, we're going to kick off the next segment. It is none other than Piehard friend, vice president, and heart and soul of the Collingwood Football Club, Mr. Paul Licuria. As a lifelong Collingwood supporter, it's rumored that our guest once sold footy records outside Victoria Park. He is one of Collingwood's greatest ever players, a pies man turned captain of industry. Asked to describe Lacuria's extraordinary efforts after Collingwood's stunning upset victory against Port Adelaide in the 2002 qualifying final, coach Mick Malthouse simply stated, I love Paul LaCuria. The epitome of a heart and soul footballer. If you need a reminder of exactly what Collingwood means to liquor, go back and watch the aftermath of the 2002 AFL Grand Final. But of course, we all know it's not about what Collingwood means to Paul Le It's about what Paul Le means to Collingwood. It didn't hurt either that the guy looked like he'd been chiseled from marble or that he possessed a jawline that could shave ham at a deli. He made Collingwood look sexy. And trust us, that's not an easy thing to do. After transitioning into a successful corporate career, He is a board member and vice president of the phenomenon that is the Collingwood Football Club, and he joins us today on a very special episode of Pie Hard. Licker, welcome to Pie Hard.
1: Mate, that is probably one of the best introductions I've ever had. Can I get you, for my voicemail, that was unbelievable, mate. (laughs) Mate, I've got goosebumps. That's unbelievable. Thank you so much. You're more than... Mate, you've pumped me up a lot more than what I deserve. Thank you.
3: You're
0: more than welcome. That's, that's, that's an introductory to the Pie Hard world. Let's get straight into it. We like to start with the big questions on Pie Hard. You know this. Do you still keep in touch with Rob Lowe?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lowe and I, we're, uh, we're great mates. I send him uh, birthday wishes. Um, uh, that was one of the funniest moments of all time, mate. It was my 100th game and Rob Lowe turned up. And mate, you guys might be a bit too young for it, but of course, played a massive role in uh, Youngblood, the movie Youngblood. So, um, so holy shit! Uh, he uh, Dean Youngblood may come in, and um and it's so funny because he he, he jumped in our circle. And normally, as you guys would know, most sort of well, not many people jump in a circle. It's, it's purely <laughs> for the players to sing the song. He come in. And um, it was so funny because he did not know one word of the song, obviously, right? So very, very funny, mate. But so we had a good chat, and um, so yeah, mate, we're still keeping in contact every now and then. When I get down to LA, we catch up for a bit.
0: That is insane. So you still catch up with him when you're in LA? <laughs> that is 100%, wild,
1: mate. Hundred percent. No, but <laughs> Oh mate. my god! I thought we, that I thought insane. we had an exclusive hey, hey, there. Hey, uh, oh, he wouldn't even know who the Commonwealth Football Club. He's your lone Paul mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. You're saying the celebrity arms
2: race, this tradition of clubs uh, roping celebrities in to support the club, drape a scarf over them, invite them to a game. Is that all just nonsense, Licker?
1: Oh mate. It's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's Hollywood, not Hollywood, mate. You know that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We get confused. It's easy to confuse the two. Do, do you guys, do, as players, do you love it when the celebrities come down or is it like, oh, who will be dragged in now?
1: Um, well, that's, that's a freaking good question, man. Uh, look, look, to be honest, it, it was more, it was kind of a bit embarrassing, mate, especially when I, especially when I want to come jump in, the, in, in the circle and have no idea what the club song is. Um, but look, it's it's, it, Obviously, it's great to meet some of these big celebrities. Um, but my favourite of all time is back at Big Park days, we had Leeds United come down and train at Victoria Park. Oh, like Harry Kill does? Um, Harry Kill, Mark Baduka, these yeah. guys. And, and I remember, and so a few of us went down to watch him train, you know, and they're using our locker rooms and stuff. And I, and I bumped in and I, I see Mark Duca. And the Duke sees, you know, there's myself, there was Shane Wake, Scott Burns, Sparks, um uh, you know, John, you know, early on and, um, mm-hmm. and Mark, and Mark Sazuka was in awe. He goes, oh mate, you know, Nathan Buckley and Paul Currie and Scott Burns and he Johnson right? and, we're, and, yeah. and we're like, dude, settle down, mate. You're the rock star here. You're the yeah. rock star. You can have whatever you want here, you know? So, um, very fortunate to meet some of these guys.
0: What did the Leeds boys think of the uh, cold showers at Vic Park? They're probably used to that with the English weather.
1: Mate, Eddie made sure there was no cold showers. when they, Eddie, they got the any hot ones. Te- any celebrity come down, mate, he, um, he personally would, would, would sit there and fire up the the, the, uh, the hot water furnace, mate, that's for sure.
2: They'd be more worried about the Legionnaires in the Vic Park Spa, surely. Remember those days? I've <laughs> the I know, right? <laughs> we never See, stopped banging on about that one, liquor. Like uh, one of our favourite moments of um,
1: Collingwood history. Hey, by the way, that was the best bar in any footy club. We, we had a spa there that would sit about 30 people, mate. That was amazing.
2: What makes a great spa at a football club back in uh, the early late 90s, early 2000s? Okay, so
1: one, you need to be able to fit at least the whole footy side. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to crack these open um, while, while sitting in a spa. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you um, – yeah, as as, and and there's no filter. You don't need filters in there. Like the spa doesn't need to be clean, right? Because you're, <laughs> you're dirty. So, no, nah, that was uh, there was a lot of fun those days, like the old Victoria Park days. I remember when I first got there, um, I come across in Sydney. Sydney was a quite um, sort of prestigious club at that time, and obviously a lot of help from the AFL, but um, really high value club. And I guess the Victoria Park, and we have to do a renovation, and um, we finished training, and then there was like sort of wheelbarrows of, of sledgehammers and and shovels and, and it was expected the players started knocking down walls to start the renovation. Wow. So, yeah, There's a lot of a lot of good memories, mate. There's probably a couple of boys that missed games due to workplace health and safety injuries. I was going <laughs> to
2: say, to be a different environment now, if you made a player pick up a shovel, you'd be on the wrong side of a lawsuit. So, mate, you know, you
1: know, they don't build what like they used to in the old days, do they? Uh,
2: Wow, well, golden years. Well, we'll move on to a question which is slightly more serious, but not much. Um, we've noticed yeah. in recent weeks, liquor that you've emerged from the Lexus Centre halls of power um, and onto onto the media stage. And to be honest, it's been a yeah. it's been a breath of fresh air to hear you hear you talk in the media. Um, my question yeah. is: Look, there's an array of really impressive corporate people on the Collingwood board at the moment, but as an ex-player.
1: What is it yeah. that
2: you bring that's that's different and sets you apart in that boardroom?
1: Uh, it's a good question. Um, look, it, it, I'll, I'll just take it back a bit if, if I can. So I've been there for, for three three years, and I must admit, when I initially got on there, quite intimidating. We've got some big sort of powerhouses on that board that, that you know some have been there for a while, have been able to transition have a few of the last. I think there's five new board members over the last three years, and. And I reckon the first and foremost, it was, hey, come on, and I reckon it takes you about a year and a half to be able to come in, sort of find your feet a bit, sit back and listen. You don't want to come in there and start, you know, sort of making too many changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my experience, so about a year and a half, two years, and then we had COVID, which, which disrupted that um you know, the guys were over, in, you know, we, we couldn't meet face to face, it was all online, so it's really hard to sort of manage some of the inner sanctum type of football stuff, especially. Um, but it's been a great experience. But to answer your question, um, look, I think with me, it's, and, 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 and to be honest, with all the stuff going on, I've, I've actually thought about this a fair bit. Um, you know, one, so I add value, um, you know, I love the club so much. Um, what 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 are my thoughts sort of moving forward? And I guess with me, mate, it's um I've been a fan of the club. I'm a mem- been a member of the football club. I've been a player of the football club. I've been a past player of the football club. I've been a coach of the football club. I've been a administrator of the football club. Um, a sponsor of the football club. I've been a Board foundation member of the football club, and now I'm um, a director of the free club, and 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 then most of all, I'm extremely passionate about this football club and the people I've met. Mm. So I've, I've sort of played a lot of the roles, um, and and I know what it means for so many people. You know, whether you're a player, a past player, or a sponsor, or a coach, you know, or an a- administrator. Like I, I, I've, I've so, I guess that's, that's what I bring to it, mate, to be honest. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, my, my, my views are, are, are very different in terms of, okay, you know, like, like, mm. recently, and you know, mate, I, I can tell you one thing, I didn't join the board to get involved in all the politics. I, mm. I'm, I'm, the, the reason when I first got a call from Medi, it was, I was very fortunate that I was able to leave the football club a better person.
3: Mm.
1: You know, yeah. um I I didn't have the success that we wanted in terms of, of you know, lost two two grand finals, but mm. well, I left a better person and, and, and I look at, you know, my little crew of past players in terms of, you know, um Benny Johnson, Tarant, Didak, um mm. Ronnie, Wakes, Burgey, this goes on. We all left better people. So for me to mm. come back was hey, how do we create I want to, I wanna to continue to build on that environment? That you joined the goalie depend on society can leave better people. know, we want to win flags, but we want these guys to live better lives post-footy. So that, that that's that's why I got involved and Yeah. I still need I still need to get involved with the politics, that's for sure.
0: Of course. It was really interesting, Licker. I think it was two weeks ago you had an interview with Glenn McFarlane and yeah, we, yeah. we 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 tweeted about it at the time, you know, it, it felt like a bit of a momentum change. Um Alex touched on it there was a fresh voice but it was a voice that supporters understood and were familiar with and um a voice that had a lot of gravitas when it comes to complicated Collingwood matters because we knew your history uh we knew what you'd done for the club and we knew how much the club meant to you and I felt like me personally as a supporter I felt that there was a there was a change when that happened. Yeah, It's one thing yeah. for a new president to get up and talk and, and during a very tumultuous time, but yeah. it's another thing for a, a long-term club legend who has played the game and who understands the intricacies yeah. t- to start communicating. So, yeah, it was interesting and it was noted and we have more of that, please. Like that's, you know, obviously as, as supporters, yeah. we love, we love hearing from that. No,
1: look, look I, thank you, mate. I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's um, Look, I've been in two minds about it and I've now realised that, that, you know, and that we probably need to to, um, to get out and talk a little bit more about the vision of the footy club. But, but see, yeah. see, I've been really conscious of it because as a player, and I know, I know, you know, obviously I understand how the players think and, and you know, players' focus is, is this weekend's game. Mm. The last thing players want is a board member getting out speaking, you know, to the media. You know what I mean? Is that like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's different with Eddie McGuire. Eddie was such a public figure. He was different. Mm. Now now with Eddie moving on, they don't want to hear from board members. Board members should be – their role is to be in the media.
3: Mm.
1: You know, it, it, it's the, the board members' role is behind the scenes, um, providing the best environment for the football club to be the best it possibly can be to give our athletes the best – opportunity to be as successful as I possibly can. So, um, but, but I, I just, you know, what's really annoyed me over the past few months is, you know, I, 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 you know, I hate the fact that certain personalities can come out and say stuff that isn't true. Mm. And, and you know I've been quite heard about that. And, and, and it affects me it affects my family. Um, mm. You know, and people always say to me, "Hey, you know, don't, don't stress. You know, people that know you know you're not like that." But it's like, no, what means to me that people who don't know me
3: mm.
1: um, don't think I'm like that. You know what I mean? So it's sort of been um, I must. Admit it's been pretty tough for us, but but I've just tried to, you know, the, the whole way through the, the whole, uh, you know, disruption. Is just focus on what's right for Conwy because I think if we continue to do that, we can't go wrong. And, and mind you. The disruption we've had from, you know, you know whoever it is, media or, or tickets running, whatever it is. At the end of the day, we all want what's best for Collingwood, mm.
3: you
1: know. So, so, I sort of don't blame these guys for doing that. You know what I mean? Because they're frustrated members as well, you know. So
3: yeah,
1: I don't blame I don't blame these guys. It, 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 it's funny for me. It's like, hey, let's get together and work as a team to make real change. You know.
2: And that's interesting, Licker. It leads us into my next question, which, you know, it has been a torrid 12 months for the club. When you factor yeah. in COVID in the first instance, um, the what we think was a bit of a PR disaster with the trade period, there's been this, yeah. this systemic racism issue, Eddie, Eddie Maguire's demise. Now we've had Nathan Buckley depart um, and obviously there's the threat of the member insurrection that, that you've been dealing with. And we interviewed turtle actually instantly a few weeks ago on the podcast and got his, his perspective at that time, which seems to perhaps have shifted a bit since then. But the question is, um, you know, as a leader, we obviously look to you for answers Mm. and the board. How do you go about convincing frustrated members and supporters to stay the course and stick with the current board?
1: Yeah. Um, well, look. look um, it's funny because the footy club, you know, led by Pete Murphy, Jeff Walsh, and Eddie Maguire, did a review in seventeen, in the seventeen, and and um, and we learned a lot out of it. Instead, we've been able to play in the grand final, prelim, two finals last year.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the biggest things that come out of it was that we we knew we needed change from the board because the board had members that had been there for over ten years. Okay, so. So for us, it was about, okay, now now it, it's really hard just to come in and clean sweep the board and and, and leave and, and bring a new board in. There's, you know, the way I see a board, a board's like a good list. You need to transition board members in and out at, at the correct time. And so since that review, we've been able to change five board members in three years, which is a, which is a big move. It's a big change. We've also been able to change... Not been able rule. You now we had Jeff Walsh who Jeff Walsh come into the club, and I think it was two seventeen. Um, after after four old bucks had five football managers. So as a as a coach, he's been five football managers in about four years. Jeff Walsh come in, out of a lot of stability. He's now moved on, and we brought in Graham Wright. Since then, we've had a new, we've got a new CFO, we've got a new, we had a new CEO who come in as well at the start of two eighteen. And we also, now we've got a new, um, list manager Okay, he's been, he's, he's coming. So we've, cre- we're trying to create as much change as, as possible around all, all the disruption that's happened. Now, I, I agree with that. You. you know, the, 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 um, the, the concern around the traffic that we've had, um, and the, and the comms and the PR probably wasn't the best that it could have been, obviously, but, um, you know, we obviously have a reason for it because around trade period, like, you need to keep your cards close to your chest. You just can't come out and publicise what we're doing, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to be able to, you want to try to get the best out of the situation you've got. And in the end, I think it's sort of, you know, obviously it's going to turn out as well as we, we were liked and clubs got wind of what was going on. So whatever happened, happened, right? So mm-hmm. but um, but in terms of, what we're what we're trying to do, um, you know, and, and I've got a lot of confidence out the Nathan Buckley' exit. I mean, here we are, here we have. We've got an absolute, you know. I know it's quite embarrassing when you introduced me as one of the the best players of the club. You know, here we are talking about probably the best in Nathan mm-hmm. Buckley. He's played an amazing role in football club as a player and as a coach. I was really nervous about his exit. You know, but I think we did it the best, and this is probably the first PR experience mm. without Eddie Maguire. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: And you know what? I think we did it really well. We did it as graceful as possible, and it was a really good. It wasn't make like, no mistake about it. It was not the football club that got rid of Nathan Buckley. It was it was a discussion over a number of weeks, you know, months, as um, where Bucks was personally in his life, where the football club is, and um, and I felt that Buck exited as, as an absolute gentleman. Um, and I thought we did the best we could to support him out of it. Like, as I've said to a lot of people. Buck's the type of bloke that, once he gets out of it and away from it, um, when he, you know, I, I could see Buck in two, three weeks time so coming to and taught to me about, about where the players are at and what we should be doing. Do you know what I mean? So that's...
3: Yeah.
1: Because even... He, he, he felt really comfortable with the current board and he wants the best of come So... Look, it, it's been pretty hard. It's been a lot of changes. I know that, you know, we, we, we had this incident with the trade period. The Do Better Report. Now, if I can speak honestly about that, you know, I personally think the media didn't help us out at all because we had an opportunity, call Football Club, an opportunity, one, to, to to review, what you know, the way we've gone about Um the concerns and issues that we've had. The two, it, it was never about the past. It was more about what can we do better moving forward. Now, the media had a decision to make. They can help us and create real change across the country and the world, or they can they can pick up, you know, try to pick the holes and, and pull it apart. Which I believe they chose the latter. Right? So, don't you think, though, Licker, that
2: Eddie? You know, in that press conference in particular, he left some holes to be picked.
1: Look, I think it's better to say that we all know that it didn't come out the right way. But, mm-hmm. but I think, I think, guys, we all know what he meant by it. Right? When he comes out saying it's a proud day, mm. can I ask you this? Did, did you know what he meant by that?
2: Ah, uh, look, it, I, to be honest, I understood that he was trying to. You know, spin the narrative a bit, and he, he's very dexterous and skillful at that has been for many years, but I thought it was probably the wrong time to use that language.
1: Yeah, look, look you know, I mean, if we had Eddie on the phone now, he'd he he say the same thing, right? But, 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 but yeah. I just think sometimes, like, this is where like, people, people stuff up and, and, and we crucified him. Without a doubt, he got crucified. Agreed. But but But, but we all know what he really meant was... Right? It was a proud moment because, hey, we we, we want to create change. You know? mm. we, we want to make a difference across Australia and and potentially the, the world, right? In sport, so yeah. and and yeah. and, and I really felt for him. And and um, so that was that got mishandled, but you know, in terms of what we're doing within the club, we're going to a million miles an hour to make make a little difference there and 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 create change, right? So that's yeah. So I I know for the media and perhaps the, 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 and again, this is what we need to do better is we need to be able to articulate what we're doing with that and the initiatives we've got in place. We're making real change. And and it's really exciting as well. So,
3: um,
1: then we had, then, you know, you sort of roll over three, four months later and you've got Eddie McGuire's resignation, um, which was a surprise to all of us, to be honest, right? So, um, but, but, but again, you know it, what annoys me is, hey, let us celebrate how good this guy was for us. He was amazing, mm. right? Absolutely amazing. He mm. created a lot of change for us He was really innovative in this space. Um, you know, but there comes a time when everyone sort of moves on, right? So yeah, um, and, and so so I guess what I'm saying is that that Nathan Buckley, sort of announcement was the first one that we did without Eddie. And we're, we're always going to get, you know, there, 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 there were guys coming up saying, oh, well, Mark Porter wasn't there. Well, he was. Mark Porter was, was two meters away from him. That mm. so was Peter Murphy. And so, and, and I was there as well. Right. So, it, like, Eddie's, mm. you know, it Eddie's it it personality and his persona was he was, he would be there announcing it. But we don't have Ed now, we've got Mark Quarter, mm. And Mark Quarter's persona was, hey, I'll support behind the scenes. And, and I'm there if you need me Top You know what I mean? So it was sort of, but to be honest, so I'm, 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 you know, and, and it doesn't, you know, all the stuff that's going on, I'm, I'm so excited about mm-hmm. the future of Collingwoods. You know, mm-hmm. like I think, one thing I will say is I think all of us, you know, board members, members, supporters, players, staff members, is, is we need to lose the ego a little bit. We're actually not as good as what we think we are. You know, mm-hmm. you know we have the capabilities of being the best football club in the land, but we're mm-hmm. not. And, and yeah. if she says that, right? we won two flags in. Alex, you probably know you said it's just nine, I am, What sixty odd years, But but you know what I mean? Like, well, we haven't we haven't mm. had a lot of premiership success for a long, long time. Sixty odd years. Mm. So my, my sort of thoughts are: Hey, we need to we need to lose that ego, and and you know sort of reset and be the hunter again. Mm.
0: Yeah. Look, we're we're, Lika, we're really excited about the future too. We're starting to see a lot of great kids running around. They're exciting us. There's, mm. there's more, there's more kids to come. We are Absolutely. You know, as supporters, as supporters starting to look forward. What one thing we've heard a lot from the board is, is what a, what a strong kind of position the club is from a financial standpoint, the work we've done off the field with things like initiatives, like the magpie nest and um, yeah. you know, the, how, how we've got some really, great board members, um, on the current board at the moment. And we will touch on that a little bit later on, on, on in the pod, I guess when you chat to supporters, you know, premierships are almost the be all and end all. Um, and as we're all growing up and getting a little bit older and we're starting to have kids and our parents are growing up a little bit older, you kind of, not only do you cherish the premierships that you went through with them, but you're really thirsty for more because you know that they don't come around often and you know how much they mean and and no one knows that more than a Collingwood supporter. Just a question for you and I I don't know if this is simplifying it but... One thing supporters, I think, the more we talk to them, it's like what's the blueprint for success? And I'm talking about on-field. Like what's preventing the club from coming out and saying, here's our five-year plan to win premierships, here's our longer-term plan, yeah. and and these are the KPIs we want to set now so we're judged on this? Is that happening yeah. internally and it's just not shared externally or is that coming? What's what's the state on that?
1: mate, um, It's a great question. The, 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 the issue with football clubs is that, that um, it's communication, and what Kong will need to do is unlock communication to our members and our fans and and, and sponsors and and so on, right? So, hundred percent, mate. And, and this, so you know, and this whole new coach search has been able to unlock that, and mm. you know, because you know, I'm getting calls and text messages from everyone else saying, hey. You know, Ross Lyon, Choco Williams, Tony Mitchell, Kingsley, you know, yes. um, Uze, all these names are coming up. And I think what we need to do, and this is, you know, something that we've spoken about, is hey, let's get a proper process in place, right? Mm. That, that, where well, we can have a, a, a coaching, you know, assessment criteria based on where the club's at right now. And this is where, you know, and, and, and I can't, um, stress this enough. I think, I think we need to be. When I say we, I said Collingwood our members, supporters, is we need to be honest with ourselves. We are not the best club in in Australia at the moment, right? And we keep thinking we are, but we're not. So we need to lose the ego. We need to take a step back and say, okay, where's the list at? This is where we're at at the moment. Okay, these are the guts, and this is what we need going forward. So what I'm trying to do is being able to 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 really tease that out to build a coaching process that we can filter through these coaches and whether it's a whether it is an experienced coach or it's not an experienced coach, they meet the needs of what we need right now. Okay? And is that is that success for the next two, three years? Is that success plus growth for the next twenty years? That's what that's what we're trying to pull apart and um, you know, and, and I guess to answer your question we need to also unlock the communication because for, for a long time and not just Cronwood, most football clubs, they keep all that close to their chest because if you know, like any organisation, you don't want to you don't wanna be you don't wanna put yourself in a spot and say, Hey three, you're totally gonna win a because if you don't then you're in strike, mm-hmm. five. But I think what we need to do as a football club is just unlock that communication and and be honest and truthful. Hey, this is what we're doing. This this is this is the next three to five year plan. You know, and and um, which is so exciting. You know, and, and there's beauty about. You know, we're in a really good position because normally, and I suppose I this with the utmost respect to, to ex-coaches, when a coach leaves a football club, um, the club that that team is normally not in the best position. Nathan Buckley has left his football club and the football program in a really good position,
3: mm.
1: and, and I reckon you guys would agree with it and so would our members. You know, the beauty the beauty of this year is, is we've been able to fast track the development of, of so many good young players, right, who are going to be the future of this football club. Not many not many clubs have the opportunity to do that. And that's what I think, you know, what, what, what Bucks has been able to do really well. So it's the future is really exciting. And and, and I think if we can unlock that, and, and, and we are, and we and we really are now, we're starting to unlock, unlock some of that communication. Mm. Um, and do it the right way as I said Yeah, and I'll take it back you know 10 minutes ago players don't want to hear ball members in the media right? that's not our role our role is behind the scenes now you mentioned now the football club financially is the best place to ever been you know and and now we need to we need to be able to to, to fast track the football program for us to, to, to be consistently high performers not just for one or two or three years for the next 20 years Lickin. you know? and um
2: go oh i was just going to say i get the feeling that um this podcast is part of that unlocking of the communication so certainly appreciate your honesty you know with these questions i've got one on the yeah. coach search um you mentioned yeah, obviously definitely. the kate coach search is kicking off um you know we, we're all familiar with those famous images of you after the 20 2002 grand final yeah. with mick i'm yeah. sure you get asked about i'm sure you love getting asked about it all the time but um we we won't, we won't ask you about that specific moment. It's more around yeah. if we feel like that was evidence, those images are evidence of a really special connection that Malthouse was able to make with his players. And I think yeah. you're in a unique yeah. position as an ex-player to have some personal opinions about what kind of coach is good for a particular group at a particular time. And my question is, you know, with the current list and the current coach search just starting out, What are the qualities that you personally think that would fit with the current list in the current circumstances at Collingwood right now?
1: Yeah. Um, Look, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what sort of, and this is just my opinion and, you know, obviously uh, being coached by Mick, I've always had the opinion that your head coach, he doesn't need to be the smartest tactically, but he needs to have the best connection with his players. How do I get the best out of? A Jordan DeGoe, which is different to a Darcy Moore, Brody Grundy, you know, Mike Check. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so for me, it's like he doesn't need to be tactically the smartest, but he does need to have the smartest swim behind him. So for me, it's, about, it's, it's, it's the relationship, it's the connection, it's the communication piece, um, you know. And the beauty about Mick, and, 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 and you know, please don't get me wrong. I'm sure you know Bucks had this as well with the players. But the beauty about Mick, oh, I remember. Um, you know, I, I, I've I've been able to sit down and talk to Nick over the years, and just recently about coaches and mate. I tell you, if you guys get a chance, please get Nick on this podcast. He mm-hmm. is an absolute. The way he talks about coaching, it, 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 it's like a it, it, it's like an art, right? So he would know. He could have read a room before a game, and he knew whether to pump us up or to spray us mm-hmm. to get us down a bit. So, the way he says it, if, if he was, and I'm sure other coaches are the same, right? I'm, I'm just still using Mick as an example because I speak to him about it. But what Mick would do really well is, if the mood was too high and if he thought we were too cocky, he'd come in and put us in our place. And he knew which place to speak to to be able to bring us down a bit. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. So and 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 if we were flat, he knew who to speak to to get the team up. So it's so, I guess, sort of my point of view is it's. I'll talk about Conwell, but but I, but I think mm. coaches in general, we need to find someone who's able to really get to understand individuals, um, mm. understand their strengths and weaknesses. You know what motivates you compared to others. Like I remember playing a game, and I I, I um, we we're playing Frio, and I was, I was tagging um, Peter Bell, mm. and I come in and I had a pretty good first quarter, pretty happy with myself. I'm going okay. You know. Know i will show him down, i go, okay. I came here a quarter time and 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 Nick gave me the, the biggest almighty spray. And I was like, "What the hell, like, dude? I'm going like, okay." And I was like, "You know what, Nick? If you, I'll, I'll go out and, and and I'll show you." And mm-hmm. then he and then he and then he spoke to Alan Dyerick and and you know you know did had the capabilities of winning a, winning a game in freaking four kicks, right? He, but he but I thought, but he gave Nick like uh, he gave Did like a bit of a hug and and we looked after him. And I was like, "Dude." I'm busting my ass, and you're hugging, and you're hugging and right? But he just knew mm. who to, you know, who to spray and who not to. You know what I mean? And, 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 and mind you, I'm sure other coaches are the same. But and I, I know this is me because I've said some about it. I'm really, I'm really fascinated by that, by that connection. And and to be honest, like it, it's with um with the business I'm in now, I'm in online education, and and I sort of use I use Nick's Coaching philosophy with the way that that, that I work with my staff. Give them a spray from time to time? <laughs> every now and then, every now and then, I might need a spray. No, uh, nah, but it's, it's more about, you know, like if someone's not performing at work, right? Mm. Okay, well, let's find out why. There could be issues at home or issues somewhere else. Or, and
3: mm. I reckon
1: coaching's the same. Or how do we get the best out of Jordan to go? Let's find out what's going on with him. You know what I mean? So, mm. but like, I reckon time, it, it's football's changed so much. And, you know, and again, I'll say this with with respect but a lot of, a lot of players are a lot more sensitive now. So we like, I think to get the best out of individuals now, we need need to know more about them.
0: It's really interesting because we've been, we've, we've never been involved obviously in um, an interview process for a head coach. And when you talk about, it's not necessarily about football smarts or or particularly like a skill set or a CV, because that's easily obtained. It's about, you know, a coach that can create very unique connections with players. How yeah, do you? Yeah. How do you find that? How do you look for that? Is that like? Yeah. Do you just speak to a lot of former players and and and, yeah, and people yeah. who have had personal experience?
1: Well, yeah. Hey, just for the record, right? <laughs> I don't want this going out that I'm, I'm, we're not looking for a tactical person here. Yeah, obviously, the well, yeah, obviously the coach needs to be tactically smart enough to understand what's going on, right? But, of course, but, of course. Yeah, and and, and um. And I've always thought if if you're in a system for you know ten or so years as a player, and then you go to the coach for ten or so years, you know what's going on, right? So so, so please don't get me wrong by that, right? Tactically they need to know, but but it's a good question, right? So, so how do you know, you know, yeah. what without, without knowing the person, how do you know they're that right people manager, and, hmm. and 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 you know, for an example, I'll, I'll use Craig Bellamy as another example. Well, like he is an absolute ripper. He gets the best out of every individual who comes to storm. Mm. And and whether that best performs the best for the storm as a footy side or whether that best performs the fast tracks, the ability to keep that particular player on their list or not, he gets the best out of him and, and, and that's what I mean by it. So I guess it's it's one, it's speaking to people like a Bellamy a Mick and Mick and and you know, particularly in these circles and I'll use this name as an example, right? And it's not, now, whether it's a Ross Lyon or a Choco Williams or, or, or a Kriker or a Bucks or, or Robert Harvey, whoever it is, people know a lot of people in this space. So so you can speak to other players, ex-coaches, um, and find out a little bit more about them, but then I guess you need to sit in front of them and, and have a meeting and a presentation. You might go have a coffee with them. You might have a wine with them, a few beers, Sort of mm. get a reel for them and, and and you need to trust your gut too, right? So, um, mm. you know, and it's hard, and, and and then of course at this level, there's psych tests, there's all that sort of stuff as well. But in the day, end of the day, oh, of the of the day I, I think you need to trust your gut a bit, and and to me, you know, my priority, and I know the committee is is um, is the play, the playing group, the athletes. Yeah, you know, that's always yeah. when I want. You know, that's my. So, you know, you've got your athletes and your staff and your members. And I think whoever I speak to, I'm always thinking, my players. You know, how, how I say, am sorry, yeah. our players. But how is this person going to be able to get the best out of our players? Because we owe it to these guys. People who get drafted yeah. to Collingwood, we owe to get the best out of them. Liquor,
2: Collingwood crowds are well down. Um, admittedly that might have lots to do with the global plague, um, but there's yeah, been a bit, yeah. a bit of, you know, you could argue a bit of disengagement from supporters. And, and I know that in Buckley's time as coach, yeah. he copped a bit of criticism at times just for the look of his game plan, like the, I suppose, the, yeah. ball, the ball movement. Um, I'm interested in your opinion, you know, in, in the modern footy, in modern footy, it's really an entertainment business in a lot of ways. And h- how yeah. important do you think the aesthetics of the Collingwood brand of footy are, and when you're interviewing coaches, how much importance will you place on, you know, for instance, whether they plan to adopt an attacking game style uh, or not?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, look, it's, it's it's hard. Like it's it's, it's funny when, when you're you know, grandstand coaches, it's easy to watch the game from above and think. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? And then, as a player, when you're on the ground, you don't have the vision that we all have, right? Whether it's TVs and that sort of stuff, and and that and that bird's eye view as a as a grandstand um, supporter, but when looking at you know speaking, you know, when we start speaking to coaches and trying to understand what they because obviously one of the one of the main things that I need to present on is, is your game plan, right? That's mm-hmm. obvious, right? So. And is it defensive? Is it attacking? And and it's, it's a tough one because, I mean, you, you look at, you, I mean, look at Mick Malthouse. Success, Mick Malthouse had his game plan. He was he was defensive first, then attack, right? Yeah. You look at um, John Longmire. John Longmire is, is, is more about defensive stoppage than attack. Um, you know, the Geelongs, the, the Geelongs, Geelong, you know these guys, you know, and obviously success over the last few years and Richmond's been attacking, so mm. it's, it's a tough question because at the end of the day, all our members want is being played to footy and how do you win it? Do you attack or defence, you know? And, and I'll, I'll ask you guys this question, like, what have you guys been over the last five years that's one game of football?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Or, and
1: or, or one flag, you know what I mean? Is it
2: attacking or is it, is it defence, mm. right? And, and the teams that have a balance... Between the two, yeah, there yeah. seem to be the mature teams that are able to because, ex- excel in mean, both areas.
1: Look, hundred percent, and and I mean, ideally, you want a team that can push back hard, can can defend, but then attack just as hard and kick goals, right? And that's the one thing that we obviously haven't been able to do is kick in, you know, is kick those bags of goals. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 we've probably slowed the game down a little bit. Um, um, so that attacking game is so important, but you you, you certainly need to have that defense, that, that mentality of defense. You know, if you've got a bunch of half, you know, your backline players that are just attacking, it's not going to work for you either, right? So it's just it's, it's really hard, like like you know, and, and it doesn't matter what we do, right? If, if Cole would choose to get an experienced coach, we're going to get banned. We get a young coach, we're going to get banned. You know, if we if we if we were to get a, a you know a, a young coach with an experienced senior, we'll get bagged. But if we get an experienced coach with a with a young coach, he you has to take over two three years we'll get bagged. It, it's just as I said at the start of this podcast is, you know, our priority is what is what's the best thing. You know, let's let's try to really build out and, you know, and, and really analyse where we're at at the moment and what's the best thing for our football club, you know, and and just get the support behind it and, and um, you know, because it's so exciting. We're in, as I said, you know, Bucks left the team in a really good spot, mm. you know, so let's not get carried away with it. If it's in a great spot, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean we go for short-term success. Let's build, let's continue to build the foundations we've got have 20 years of success. Because as I said earlier, we've won two flags in 50, 50, years. That's not good enough. We're not as good as what everyone else thinks we are, right? Or, or we're not as good as what we think we are, you know? So,
2: well said, yeah. mm. and And look, I think we're at that juncture where we're just, as supporters, just starting to see... A new dawn and starting to feel some of that excitement.
0: Licker, through our extensive research for this episode, we learned that you're a fully qualified pilot. What's more difficult, being on the board of Collingwood or landing a Cessna 150 in an ice squall?
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. Without and I've landed Cessnas in some crosswind, some serious crosswind, and freaking thunderstorms. Without a doubt, being on the board of Collingwood is a lot harder. And, and hey, wow, there hey, you go, and a lot scarier. Let me say.
0: There you go. Hot scoop. Has Alex Weisslitz ever lent you one of his golf streams?
1: So I'll tell you this little quick story, right? So I just retired and I was on the bench um, doing the stoppage. I was coaching the stoppages, right? And um, and we are playing on a Saturday Friday night. We went for a few beers and I saw Alex and he goes, hey, mate, after the game tomorrow, I'm flying back on my jet. And I love flying. I love planes, And I was like, I was like, okay, I was like, dude, I'll fly back Sunday morning eleven o'clock. if so I flew back at eleven o'clock on a Sunday, meant that I got home by about two o'clock, it was my whole Sunday gone. And he goes, He goes, mate, come over there, come with me on the chat. And I said, You know what? Hundred percent I am. So we played out at Homebush, played the swans, played at Homebush. Yeah. Yeah. Um the game finished. I went down the rooms, done my little rap with, with the boys, uh, jumped in a car, went to the airport, jumped in his jet, flew to Melbourne, got home, got home. I live in Fairfield, got home in Fairfield before the boys got the hotel in the city.
3: <laughs>
1: it was the, wow. it was just next level. And when I was because uh, he knew that I loved flying, he goes, "Mate, go sit with the pilots." He goes, "Go sit with the," pilots. and I was like, "Dude, I'm making the most out of this." I'm sitting in the back drinking champagne and eating prawns. I'm making the most out of this. So. Living the wastelets life. Mate, it yeah, was... Yeah, uh,
0: we, we're a big fan of Alex on this pod.
1: Uh, mate, it was, uh, it, it, it was a different life. but he, Look, you know, Alex has been awesome for us. Like, he's on the board for yeah. 20 years, um, you know. It's quite, and that's what I mean. When I first got on the board, you're working mm. with these guys who are absolute business geniuses, you know what I mean? So,
3: who yeah. provided yeah, course, so much for us
1: and... and, and um, and help the club out in all of this. So
0: with the recent, um, departure, I guess, of Alex, who's going to be hosting the club's yearly Moulin Rouge themed parties?
1: Well, I think, um, I think I will. Um, <laughs> and. That's <and laughs> the answer we wanted. Okay,
0: great. Yeah. That's a good answer. Right,
1: I, I will be. And, and I've, I've, I've got a little event committee. It's with Dane Swan, Chris Tarrant, Alan Didac, Ben Johnson. Wow. They're, 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 yeah, so okay. they're organizing it. Um, I'll, I'll let you
2: guys yeah. know. <laughs> say say no more. It sounds like it's going to be in Sirens Nightclub under the Dome. Remember <laughs> that
0: we do. We actually spoke about it at the top of this uh, of this pod. Now, um, so do you know which of your fellow Collingwood board members was a punk who sported a shaved head and a nose ring?
1: Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a guess. It was a punk. Um, so so. As, as in solo as a member today or like a... Yeah. Does, does Eddie... A current board member. Uh Okay.
0: Have a guess.
2: body No. Mark Cotter. Mark <laughs> <The> Cotter Co- <laughs> for sure. Mark Cotter's got the big money. <laughs> Mark
0: the, the The answer is Christine Holgate. What? she Really? Now, Christine Holgate, so she grew up in London. Um there's lots of interviews with her. When she was 18, she was into punk music, had a shaved hair and a nose ring.
1: Mate, I can't wa- and, I can't wait to tell her about that. That's awesome. Yeah, so
0: that that's that's um solidified her in the annals of uh of pie hard um celebrity. All right.
1: Uh, you they a just Yeah, man.
2: The San Diego Padres have the San Diego Chicken. Yes. South End United have Sammy the Shrimp. Philadelphia <laughs> has a strange, amorphous, green behemoth called the Philly Fanatic. <laughs> Goofy mascots are important for the morale of sporting clubs and their supporters the world over. When do you plan on bringing Anthony Rocker back to the Lexus Centre? <laughs> oh,
1: man. Stop. Oh, Stop, oh, man. You can't say that. <laughs> Mate, that guy is an absolute rock star <laughs> of our football club. He was the barometer. And we agree. He- Mate, remember that grand final when he got rubbed out? Oh, devastating. Was that mate, 0-3? So, mate, can I tell you so every time every time we a few beers, I'll always um i always mention the pegs He cost me two premierships. Won the goal he should have kicked. Which was right? a goal. Mm. But he did kick. He did well, kick. Wow. You know what? You're a key forward. You get paid shitloads shitloads of money. Make it make it that, that mm. so the unfighter doesn't, doesn't yeah. need to make a decision, right? it's pretty where we go through the middle can you through the middle Ped alright I was, I was I was. about 10 minutes away from him and then the next year he gets rubbed out so he cost me two premierships <laughs> I should be I, I should be a two time premiership player thanks to Ped
0: <laughs> that's at least a couple of slabs look Look. Hey,
1: of course Licker.
0: Licker. <laughs> nah. we want to thank you so much for joining us on uh, Pie Hard we know you're a very busy nah, man really uh, you've got a lot on your plate so we're We appreciate you being so generous with your time. Good luck with the rest of the season uh go pies and please don't be a stranger to pie hard we uh we've loved we've loved chatting to you and um the candor and i think you're someone that really understands uh what we're trying to do here at pie hard so we respect that yeah um yeah mate wish you nothing but the best uh ongoing and i'm sure all of the supporters that are listening to this um will take a lot out of the conversation and uh it's onwards and upwards from here so again thank you so much for your time
1: so as i said i really appreciate you know the time and effort you guys put behind it. You, 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 you know, just I'm, I'm grateful. I know other other Collingwood people, supporters, members are really grateful for it. If you, you've got my number, give me a buzz. If you need, you know, if you've got any any sort of concerns or any questions to ask throughout this whole coaching journey, give me a buzz. Love, love put You your might buzz. regret saying that, Licker. <laughs> hey, Alex, don't. <laughs> hey, hey, my not stop me. They start calling me every day, right? <laughs> nah, Thanks, legend. man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. What are you, man? for your work. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Okay. Well, wow. What an extraordinary chat. Mm. What a fantastic man. How generous was that guy
2: with his time? Totally. He mentioned several times that he thought that Collingwood needed to unlock their communication. It's exactly what he bought. It was transparent, honest, down to earth. I really enjoyed spending that time with both of you gents.
0: Well, look, at Pie Hard, we're happy to be a, a communication conduit. Um, Alex, thank you so much for your time. Uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back in a fortnight. Don't forget to follow us at Pie Hard Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you like the show, let us know. And Damo,
2: we're just going to go out here with the hit song from what we now know is Paul Curious' favourite movie, the 80s classic Young Blood, starring... None other than Collingwood Tragic, friend of liquor, friend of the podcast, Rob Lowe. This is Mickey Thomas, Stand in the Fire. This is Pie Hard.